Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with Kyle and Sean Whatever, I do what I want One of my favorite quotes of all time Whatever I do what I want? Yeah, man The, so the way Cartman that Cartman action? delivers it, yeah I say it all the time. It's one of those that, like, to me, I feel like everybody would get that reference. And in real life, nobody ever gets that reference. Really? Yeah. No. I Well, I guess that's true. I don't pay attention to whether or not people get it. I just say it and then move on with my life. But now I'm going to start, like, seeing if people get it. You gotta it's like the down. respect my authority. That one I feel is a little more probably well. I don't know, maybe not. Whatever I do, what I want. Yeah, there's also it's now, just so uh, much better. I feel like respect my authority is like cringe. There's also uh, the cash me out sad girl who's like the IRL. Whatever I'll do, what I want. <laughs> Yo, I wait. Is she still a thing? Is that Dude, like, like bad Barbie or something? Yeah, or I think it's bad baby with like an H B H. A B I E. Yo, positive. yo, s- slow down, slow down. Your age uh-huh. is showing. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the H is relatively silent. It just makes the A softer. I think it's like bad Bobby. Shit, dude. I don't know, man. I'll, I, I think she's famous on TikTok. I only really know because like uh, other people talk about her. Still. Still. Huh. Yeah. Well, I guess she still does it. I'm glad that I'm in the circle that gets the whatever I do what I want. And you're in the circle that has the cash me outside girl. So I will take this trade all day or a day. Man, that's funny that we're on this subject because it made me think of a subject that uh, or a segment that we used to do on this show, Sean, that we haven't done for a while that I thought we could maybe try to revisit. Is it where we talk about our underwear? No, that one's pretty good. We could also do that. Uh, I was thinking more of the the what's bussing with the kids, where uh, I, oh, like, you 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 keep us up to date on if there's any new slang. No, I mainly just work with um, younger folks that just don't shut the fuck up, and so I'm at the point now where I tune everything <laughs> out, like you legit. Just... I told one of them I was going to throw them into traffic the other day, and <laughs> I think they thought I was kidding. Yeah, that's given the opportunity and oh. the uh, the ability to get away with it, given the opportunity and the complete lack of eyes watching, <laughs> oh man! If this person ever falls in front of a car, I swear to you, Mister FBI person, looking back to see if I did it, it wasn't me. <laughs> that's. <laughs> The most solid defense. You you pre-alibi by admitting to what you made. This is like first degree didn't do it. <laughs> Premeditated innocence. <laughs> Premeditated didn't do it. <laughs> Yo, dog, I wasn't there. I couldn't have done it because I'm telling you now I'd never do it. And that's on the record. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody knows that if it's on the record, it will not nor did not happen. Uh-huh. Let's right, go, just, If I did do say, it, though. Yeah, if I did do it. All you got to say is uh, it's on the record, and that just that makes it true. 
It's like whenever you hear somebody being like off the record, off the record, as if like someone's not going to report that somebody said that. <laughs> oh, he said the magic words. It's like, hey, man, are you a cop? You got to tell me. I feel like there's, there's just a, uh, magic words in every industry, like every profession that are bullshit. Maybe off the record is a thing. I just want to believe that it's not. Can I, off the record, I think, is used more in like journalistic things when like people are talking to a reporter and they're like, hey, man. You can't put any of this in the paper. I'm not giving you. And they're like, off the record. You know what? Uh, I would absolutely destroy my journalistic integrity and just put <laughs> all of that shit in there. <laughs> Yo, that's not a thing. You thought that was a thing? Nah. Uh, no, I know that some corporations and shit, like, when they send out mass emails to people, they'll send them out with, like, different... Not that, but they'll phrase them like differently. Like they'll they'll word things subtly different in different groups that they send out, and then that way, if it leaks to the press, they know like what set of emails that person leaked it from, and then they can. Oh. So like it's subtle bullshit like that. That's smart. That is corporations. Smart. Hey, are anybody the devil. from WWE who's listening to this? That's how to get around the dirt sheet writers. That's how to track <laughs> down who's leaking this stuff. You uh-huh. heard it here first. Yeah, there you go. Pay That's Kyle. a freebie, WWE. No, it's just not let a freebie. Me... Pay Kyle. No, just don't pay me. Just bring me and Sean on to do something. I don't want to. Yeah, you do. Okay, I kind of do. Right? I still would. Dude, go backstage at a WWE event. You'd be like, all right, come on, let's go. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> come on. Come how you on. doing, Miz? You're my favorite. Oh, Just I kidding. wouldn't that go that far. You. Come on. Yeah, I know. Come on. That was for Mike. That was strictly That was for, for Lanham? He loves yeah. he's a Miz guy, right? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't I don't get it. I Yeah. Out of all things, Lanham being pro Miz is the most confusing thing ever. Hates Rey Mysterio, loves the Miz. I don't understand. And that's fine, kind of. He's not fine. here to defend himself. What's our, what are his thoughts on Kurt Angle? I believe he likes Kurt Angle. If you don't like Kurt Angle, wait, you don't like Kurt Angle? I think he's okay. I never really got his character when he first appeared. I didn't like him at all. Like, I guess you're supposed to, but I took that shit personally. Man, he's a legend. (laughs) Oh, what? Did you not have the three eyes? Nah. And like, that was kind of when I was getting out of wrestling, too, is around the time Kurt Angle was showing up and popping off. So the late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Like. You know, the Rock's Attitude Era had blown up, and he really had gone kind of Hollywood, so he was really kind of out. He'd done the SNL thing, and I'd watch that, and that was awesome. And then, yeah, that was pretty much when I started fading out again. I got into other stuff. Man, you got to watch some of, like, uh, in your top tens or whatever. Watch, like, uh, They show a lot of Kurt Angle stuff, yeah. Kurt Angle things, dude. Once he was, once he was bald and got, dude, he got unbelievably jacked, but that was when he was also, oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely, super, super drugged out. What do they call him? Uh, Kurt Viking or something? Um, you know what? I've never heard that, but I believe it. It's something like similar. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, his last name's Angle, so Viking doesn't really seem like it would fit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kurt it's always funny. in a lot of Pangle, right? They show him a lot in the top uh, segments where wrestlers make other wrestlers crack. He he makes a lot of other people crack. Oh, I believe it. 
Dude, he did so much stupid shit. He so he would just yeah, stuff. he did commit, man. He did do that. He did also drop Shane McMahon straight on his fucking head. Dude, that match was insane. You're talking about when he tried to German him through the glass pane, right? And then Shane was a fucking badass and was like, no, I'll do it again. And then was like, oh, yeah, also throw me through this one, too. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure fuck. Shane broke his tailbone during that match. I would not And finished it, it. Yeah. Absolutely That's insane. That's the shit I couldn't do, man. Just Dude, this sheer... is... No, go ahead. I don't know, the sheer commitment to, like, just know that at any chance you could absolutely destroy a part of your body in, like, a split second. Like, could you imagine being in that ring and just throwing an errant kick and somehow you're wearing a wrestling boot, but somehow you, like, clip your pinky toe and you're like, I'm done, I'm out, and just walk back? There was that one dude that, like, broke just his pinky or just, like, knocked it out of place and, like, he called the match and, like, I think he got fired, not after. What, it was that dragon guy. Ricky? That the guy that Ricky was, Steamboat. he like jumped into the ring with a trampoline. Mm, something. He, I don't know. Nah, I don't know either. He doesn't I don't know. Hit us up cares. in the comments, folks. This is going to be a hard segue, dude, but you've been playing uh, this uh, Final Fantasy uh, 16 demo, huh? Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, what, what, are our, what are our thoughts? I'm really, really into it, especially the second time. Uh, You're playing I, it again? Well, as uh, I don't know if you caught on when I talked about it the first time, but I did not know at the end of it that you could uh, you make a save point. Because really the demo is just like the prologue of the game. So yeah, at the end but... of it, it, it lets you make a save point, and it's like, hey, when the game officially launches, you can pick up from right here. Which is dope. I hope more games do this. That's super dope. What I didn't know is that it was going to do that. So I was uh, skipping every cutscene I could, because I didn't. I was like, I'm going to replay this when the game oh. comes out. I just want to try the combat out. So like, I got all the way through, and like, I love the combat. It was tight. Uh... And then it tells me that, and I'm like, fuck, I have no idea what happened. Oh, no. How so long now, is the demo? It's about two hours. Okay, that's like not I said, bad. It's the entire opening of the game, so like a lot of it is kind of cutscene heavy, but it does give you quite a bit of combat. I think you fight three bosses, so. Good. You know what? That's good. Let everybody get the dog shit first three hours of every final fantasy since final fantasy 12 out of the way <laughs> they've all got that extended intro man for sure for real some of man them, some of them let you play more than others but for, dude if you have ever been a fan of any type of fantasy uh especially if you like game of thrones man fin this final fantasy is made for you Dude, everybody in it looks like they're ripped straight from Game of Thrones. It's like everybody in it looks. Come that way. on, you all look look like peasants. It's uh with Japanese it's, hair. It's rated M, man, and they are going hard for it in the opening. Like there is really there's loads of blood. Uh, they have said fuck like thirty times already. This is a Final oh, Fantasy God. game. It's fucking crazy, dude. They they go hard. It's like super. It's cra you're, it's really good, man. You're playing on PlayStation, right? Yeah, of course. PlayStation 5, baby. Gotta get Do that they trophy. have it on Steam? I think that will be the plan, but as with all like Sony first-party games, their intention is to be exclusive for, like I think, six months to a year with everything. So 
Ugh, and they have this crazy lame. deal with Final Fantasy, like uh, with Square exclusivity. So, I mean, that's where everything's going to be, baby. Here's the and thing, I, though, man. Here's the thing. The demo's free, buddy. You should try it out. I don't want to play an RPG <laughs> on my couch. What? Why? That's my favorite. I'm I hate so it. looking stoked to it, man. Oh. Dude, I don't have a second TV in there. I'm not going to bring a TV from my other room into there because all I want to do is watch a different video while I'm playing this game. Dude, okay, so Diablo, the beta that they had, like the server beta, it was pretty much the same thing. You could play like, you know, a bunch of the first act, get through the story. I skipped all of the videos and all of the story because I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get the game anyways. I'll watch it. I beat Diablo and I have no fucking clue what happened. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that game's amazing. I feel like I don't know Diablo is a little bit different because uh, I just want to play Final Fantasy 16 on a handheld, man. I just want to yeah. play it on my Steam Deck. I mean, good luck if you get a PS5 emulator to run on the Steam Deck. <laughs> I mean, I can just remote play it. People were they uh they did crack God of War like the first one I remember really early on the PS4. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, I'm not that stressed about it. I will. No. No, I was going to say I will sit down and play it on the PlayStation, but I won't. I'm not going to lie to myself. I mean, you have the PlayStation 5. I don't know what else you would use it for. You played um, Final Fantasy YouTube. Remaster, right? Uh, okay, so I started replaying that, and then I got about three missions further than I was the first time. <laughs> And that's me playing it on the Steam Deck. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean it's good. It's it's good. It's good. But then the like Harry Potter came out. Oh, that's true too. You did get Did you beat that? I'm like one mission away from beating that. So you have the same problem I do. Yeah, I'm like right there. I think I, I hate... have like an hour left in the game, but I hate beating a man. It's yeah. weird. Any game, yeah. I get it's hard to do. I think maybe that's why I'm so drawn to uh, always online, never ending seasonal game or just the one because you never yeah, really it's like, need it. Dude, they're games that you enjoy. You mm. enjoy the loop, you know? Yeah. Know. Well, and also like if I never beat it, the story never ends. And like my sto the story yeah. is my favorite part. Usually that's I have a hard time finishing books for the same reason. Like I'll get to the last chapter, the last few pages, and it's like, ah, it's been you know awesome. What? I don't I don't want it to end. If you never finish them, every story's the never ending story. story. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, man, I love that movie. Man, y'all are welcome. We bring you so much entertainment for free. Goddamn right. Do you like uh never ending story two? Yes. The one Hell where yeah. he where uh she Bastion's needs to learn his up. name. Yeah. And it's uh it's the one yeah. kid that kills himself, Jonathan. Winter? No, Jonathan Swan? I don't know. Is it's the not kid Lipinski. from uh, Is it from a sidekick? No, it's not Lipnicki. Dude, Lipnicki's I have... still alive. I said Lipinski. Is that even yeah. a person? Um, no, <laughs> I don't oh. think so. Okay, well, never-ending story. Oh, three. I've never even seen that one. I think Jonathan Brandis. Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, and he's in. Yes. Uh, He's in Sidekick, too. Man, that kid had a nice smile. Yeah. 
Woof. He did not grow up to be a good-looking kid. Trey's back. Yeah. Anyways, good movie. I don't know if I want to watch the third one. No. Un English Glacierbachai. I think they are like based on German. Man, we never talk. We were going to do Legend. Oh, I know when we can do Legend. Uh, Which one's Legend? That's the Tom Cruise fantasy flick. Oh, man. I'm not a big fan of Tom Cruise, but I can get behind it, I guess. He's 18 years old, and this is the one I told you. Tim Curry has like the best devil makeup of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I remember you telling me about that, and I looked it up. That is epic devil makeup still some epic of the best ever devil epic devil know. that's my metal band epic devil <laughs> oh yeah nice. yeah we how suck. do you think how, <laughs> nice <laughs> how do you think tim curry's uh devil would have felt about brokeback mountain i mean he'd be super into it i feel <laughs> i agree the devil don't judge kyle uh yeah buddy have you seen Brokeback Mountain before? I saw this movie in theaters, Sean. Did you? Have you seen it since? Oh, many times. Oh, really? Uh, I fucking okay. love this movie. Spoiler alert, coming out of the gate. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very excited to talk about this with you then. All right, cool. We'll see where it goes. But yeah, I absolutely. I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. 99% of the reason I did, I was interested in it. This was back when I was going through my big film buff awakening i guess you'd call it like i was super into movies as i feel like most uh late teens early 20s white middle class dudes do <laughs> like uh most of all of us go through a movie phase um and this was one of like the big movies of 2005 like everybody mm-hmm. everybody whether you watched it or not everybody knew of this movie everybody mm-hmm. had some quote from the movie that they would be able to repeat whether, you know, in seriousness or just like with friends, there is always something about this movie that was constantly being referred to between like 2005 and 2007. Well, so it's also I feel like if you enjoyed movies or were in that phase like you're talking about, you saw this movie. Um, I feel it's also kind of crazy because. uh Like. When this movie came out again, like, gay people were still a weird taboo subject for some stupid reason. Like, I still don't think gay marriage was even legal yet. It's wild thinking about... Okay, so this came out in 2005. Yeah. Last week, we did The Birdcage, Uh and we were talking about how fucked up it was that there's not much of a difference between The Birdcage and now. Yep. Now... It's really crazy to think. This is a decade later. I I am glad that there's things in the in Brokeback Mountain that I think have improved. (laughs) I mean, that was set in like the 40s, 60s. But say, oh, okay. Well, I wasn't paying attention to that. But uh, (laughs) it's okay. I got you. I mean, it feels like that's progressed a little bit in terms of some of the tone and stuff. But what's sad is while I was watching it, putting myself in a 2005 mindset, I think there wasn't a huge difference between like this being set in the 60s and in 2005. Yeah, it was a very similar time. It's 
It's so nuts. Yeah. It is a, uh, it's a wild thought to have, but, uh, what, to get to why I, again, I, I was really into this movie. I liked Ang Lee as a director because I was, I really liked Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I saw that in theaters. Yeah. Um, Ang Lee had such a wide spectrum, man. Yeah, dude. Great. Cause he did the Hulk before he did this and the Hulk was, yeah. is universally still panned as an awful movie. Yeah. Uh, I think it's not great. It's got some really shite things, but it does some cool stuff, but. I digress. He came back Is with that the Norman or Rafalo one. Uh, it's neither. It's uh, I can't even remember his name, but it was a one-off as well. Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, neither of them. In fact, uh, this Hulk movie is not even acknowledged at all in the Marvel universe. So, oh wait, I don't know why I brought up Rafalo. I know there is one before Norton. Uh-huh. That's yeah. okay. I don't yeah. think I've seen that one. <laughs> it's not good, man. It does a lot of weird things. But yeah, he came back with this, and uh, I like that. I was super into uh, Heath Ledger. I thought he was a fantastic actor. And uh, also Jake Gyllenhaal. I was a Donnie Darko kid. I've always liked him. So everybody on the front of this movie looked awesome. And then, then, I remember in between the town that I lived and the, the town that everybody hung out with and where I worked... Uh, I would drive by on the highway this church every day. And this church, of course, being by the highway, had like one of those digital signs that they would put uh, messages on. And Brokeback was coming to to the town. And I remember this church had a fucking sign that said, Don't go see the movie Brokeback. It's uh, terrible for you, for your soul or whatever. And I was immediately like, well, hey, fuck you. You can't tell me what to do. Suck my ass. And I went and saw Brokeback Mountain. And it was fucking nice. awesome. I'd yeah, never dude. felt that way in a movie. It's uh, it's crazy. I will say, I've never seen this before. Okay, and this was your first time. Yeah, This was my first time. And I will say, somehow, in the 18 years since this movie came out, I... Still had no idea of what the actual plot of the movie was. Like, you have, you know what happens in the movie. Because, sure. like, everybody was talking about it in 2005. It's you the gay cowboy movie. That. Exactly. It's the gay mm-hmm. cowboy movie. But I had zero idea. I was pretty much outside of that, a blank slate as to what the actual plot of the movie was. Uh, I didn't know Anne Hathaway was in it. I didn't know Michelle Williams was in it. I sure as hell didn't know Randy Quaid was in this movie for <laughs> Randy some Kate, fucking reason. Randy Quaid killing it in this movie, by the way. Incredible. And I fucking Inc- hate Randy Quaid now. Yeah. But no, he's fucking great in this flick. Yeah. So good. And who is that guy at the end of the movie? Um, Was that not the guy who plays uh, Dennis or Hopper in Stranger Things? David oh. Harbour? Yeah. Wasn't David Harbour in this? I'm pretty sure that's him. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I'm like uh, scrolling the through the IMDb Jake right Jillen now. Jake Gyllenhaal's going to go fishing with? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. I don't see him in the top cast in here. That's funny. That was kind of a bit part. I think it was David Harbour. Now you got me curious. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive it's him. We're just going to, you know what? That's just hard commit. It was him in there. Fair but enough. the casting in this movie was incredible. And... You brought up Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal. Those guys have so much range when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. Or, 
it's it's not even funny. Um, but yeah, having no idea where this movie was gonna go. This was a roller coaster of ups and downs, the lives that people need to hi- needed to hide um, for one reason or another, and the alternate lives that they needed to lead. Yep. To kind of make it in society one way or the other, you know, you have Jack with Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, who's more well-to-do and Ennis, Heath Ledger's character, who's more on the poverty line of things. So you mm-hmm. also have that story of someone who needs to really work at it, work at life. And, uh, you know, the dynamics between there and not being able to see each other as much towards the end of the movie. Like, it, there there were so many layers to this that I had no idea were coming. All right, so like, it's weird. Uh, my all time favorite movie is uh, a love story, but it's crazy because I think this movie is maybe the most beautiful love story I've ever seen. It's weird. It's it's like a beautiful tragedy. Oh, it's awful, man. And that like shakes you further and further. The movie, the further the movie goes, and like it's it's crazy because. Both these guys are miserable, uh, and it you know that permeates their it it ruins their their marriages because they're sham marriages. The one uh, Ennis's wife sees him fucking making out with uh, Jack, Jack, or yeah, just so that that she knows from like the get go what's what's up, and you know she has to fucking suppress. It's just it's misery all around. Uh, I think that's beautiful because it's life. God damn it. Yeah, and it gets to the point, like, I couldn't figure out if she was ever going to confront him about it until, like, she doesn't even until, like, after the divorce. Yeah. At, like, a Thanksgiving dinner. And, you know, he is just in such a mindset and so terrified of what could happen to him if anybody finds out that he just has this rage that comes through him that you see through the entire movie. You know, it's like that self-loathing of yep. who he is and, you know, who he really is. But And you still see and hear about that all the time. It's a... Uh, I won't name him, but one of my dear friends who I love to death, uh, he kind of went through a very similar thing. Uh, he was very self-destructive, like... Uh, he'd been arrested loads of times, man. And like, I didn't know it till later, but he, he he told me that, you know, he experimented with all kinds of things. He was real into meth. And, uh, it was all literally because like he was gay and he was suppressing that and hiding it and trying to run from it. And when he came out and dude, he's the fucking happiest person I've ever known. That makes me so happy. Put himself through fucking college and like got a fucking like crazy hardcore degree and is one of the smartest people I know is just, and it's like, dude, the, the it's crazy. And I, you know, just the, the things people do to themselves because they think it's what they're supposed to do, man is. Yeah. Or, or like when they feel like they don't have another option or can't ex- ever mm-hmm. express that. Cause Cause the big what if, you know, it's easier to never face that what if. And then it's just, 
like you said, self-destruction and, uh, you know, what Ennis is going through in this, you know, he lashes out. They, you know, he punches Jack right in the mouth. Yeah. You know, beats the shit out of those bikers at the July 4th thing. Yep. Yeah. Beats the fuck out of them, dude. Ennis don't play. No, he does not play just like that that rage that's in there. And he, it's this weird ebb and flow for his character where you will see him lashing out and then, you know, reason overcomes. And he's a little bit more on the sensitive and passionate side. And then when there's any vulnerability and he's yeah. he doesn't have control, yeah. rage. It's, again... Uh, all so well and masterfully fucking done and brought to life by Heath Ledger, man, is just amazing in this movie as Ennis. Incredible. Incredible. <sighs> it's, it was very, hmm. When did Dark Knight come out? A couple years after this, yeah? No, I think this was, bef- Dark Knight was before this. I, I thought Dark Knight was his uh, last role. Or one oh, of, he got, right? he posthumously... You're right. Got an award You're for right. that. You're right. Yeah, that's 2008. So, yeah, it's what, weird. That's crazy to, have... to me. Really, it's so weird to have in my brain. You know, you have, you know, you have a Knight's Tale. You have what I was that nineties? Ten things I hate about you. I said yes, I love a Knight's Tale. I, about. I love yep. ten things I hate about you. I love Heath Ledger. I always did. But then you have, you know, you have The Dark Knight, which he's so well known for. And watching this movie, I was like, nah, that's Ennis. And I have usually have, as we oh. documented on the show, a very hard time differentiating between, you know, an actor and a character. I just I'm like, oh, man, Heath Ledger's really good in that. Ennis, the character, was just incredible. Well, I- so masterfully put together. I think that's the thing that you and I talk about a lot on the show is that like a lot of the actors that we watch and we like, for instance, Keanu Reeves, he plays Keanu Reeves in every movie. Yeah. Like he re- he's Cage. reacting as if, yeah, Nick Cage, same thing. Like he, he's not known for his chops per se. He's enjoyable and entertaining to watch. But then you have people like Heath Ledger where like, that's a transformative performance. He's a he becomes Ennis. Like it's it's so fucking good, man. It, it really sucks you in. It's a, the way that he captures everything. I love that like how awkward he is when like he first shows up and he's just kind of standing around waiting for this job and like then uh Jack shows up and they're both real standoffish to each other and it's like dude, I'm I'm that way all the time like I always feel like even if I know where I'm going to for the first time in a place, I don't feel like I'm in the right place. Yeah. Like when I flew out here to North Carolina to interview for this job, I had my buddy take me and show me like the door that I would go to to try to go into. And the next day I was still like, oh, I don't think I'm at the right place. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's so crazy, man. And uh, I totally get that awkwardness and that. uh I love how they're interviewed. They don't even say anything. Randy Quaid just tells them both what they're going to do. One of you's going up there. One of you staying down here. No fires. Eat at the camp and leave. Dude, Randy Quaid as Joe. I don't know. I'm trying to think. You know, you got vacation. 
You got vacation. You've got Independence oh, Day. Yeah. I don't know. This was probably up there as one of my favorite Randy Quaid roles that I've seen him in. It's so small, but it's it's so impactful and important. Yeah, it's impactful. Like, who knows by the end of this movie what longstanding ramifications him having seen them, you know, fooling around in the in the woods may have led, you know, that he reach out to, you know, Jack's parents. Is that like what's going on at the end of the movie? Like they know. I mean, obviously they know. Yeah. You know, his shirt and vest are in there for a reason, you know, and pack it up for him. But, you know, is that something that maybe he reached out to them for and that created this weird dichotomy between them all? I, I don't know. I honestly look forward to watching this again. Yeah. I mean, not like tomorrow. This sure. is like an hour and 20 minutes long, but in the future. It's also, it, it's it's a heavy flick, man. Yeah. The tones in this, very heavy. You know, already the subject matter. And no, yeah. not exactly the subject matter, but the subject matter with you knowing the time period that it was set in. Mm-hmm. And the ramific long like the ramifications well, and of that. Not only the time period, but the fucking location and the occupation, dude. I think that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. that this movie's so well known because what if or what is not one of the most masculine symbols in American culture but the cowboy? Yeah. Here, here you have uh two gay cowboys, and it was also like I don't know, it'd be kind of almost similar to an Oscar-worthy movie coming out now about drag queens or something. I don't know. It's, which is another movie that we'll get to, although it's not Oscar-worthy. But goddamn, is it fun. <laughs> what are you talking about, Hairspray? Uh, no, Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Uh, is Hairspray about drag queens? What is Hairspray about? Do you? I don't know? think, yeah, Hairspray is more about uh, racial integration in the 50s. Um it's a, it's a it's a the what you're getting from the cross dressing is that the mother character is famously played by a male actor in the Wasn't original it John Travolta in the remake yes it is John Travolta in the original okay. it was played by a famous drag performer from the 80s i can't remember his name um huh okay yeah. well we'll get there i'm sure eventually at some point yeah uh Maybe. but uh fuck we were talking about Ennis Randy Quaid, the ramifications. You said time. Oh yeah, because it's Montana too. Like, you know, dude. At no at no point would their uh, sexual orientation be good yeah. for them to be known. At no point at any time in this movie. Yeah, I mean Montana there, and then Jack's from Texas. Yeah. Like neither one of those two things. Like this is a extremely taboo even thing to happen. I, I can it even be described as that. Well, definitely for like time and place. Yeah, absolutely. Um it's wild though, dude. And then like the other two crazy things about this movie are number one, holy fuck, it's gorgeous. Beautiful cinematography. Every shot mm-hmm. is just amazing to look at. It's these beautiful vistas these crazy just countryside shots or these super open, long, wide shots of dry desert. Uh, I think really lending to the isolation 
I feel that both characters feel and we feel by uh, viewing them like that at a distance uh, and small. Uh, that shit's just crazy. Uh, I really love, like, most of the soundtrack, too, is just, like, a single, lonely, plucked acoustic guitar. Just uh, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, very country-western feel, very but melancholic. also... Yeah, melancholic, beautiful, somber, like, never in the way. Always just a perfect accompaniment for what's happening. All the way to the very end of the movie. Yeah. All the way. And, man, I... I didn't see that ending coming. It comes at you fast, right? Yeah. yeah. Comes at you fast. You know, they have that last last scene together. Okay, so I've got to ask you. Okay, straight up, folks, like, serious spoilers going on going forward. Like, if you want to watch this movie before, like, hearing about the end of the movie, just go watch it. It's free on Prime. Amazon Prime. Well, so, check also, out. kudos to Prime, and we'll come back to that, but... Prime yeah, we talked about it. that last month yeah, or last and, week. Uh, our good buddy Phil had something to say about it that I really agreed with, and I want to make sure we touch on it at the end of the show. Cool. Yeah, me too. I saw what he had put, posted, and it was uh, very pointed. Um, so I've got to ask you. Yeah, buddy. He, They do a lot of communication via postcard, you know, yeah. very coded postcards. And by the end of the movie, he gets one that says deceased on it. Yeah. And so he ends up call, calling, um, what's her name here? Anna uh, Hathaway's character. Yeah, Laureen or uh-huh. Laureen. <clears throat> and talking to her about that. And she says that he was changing a tire and the rim popped off, hit him in the face, and he drowned in his own blood. Yeah. Do you th- is that do you think that's actually what happened? No, of course no, not. No, right? Cuz he got found out like that story that Well, they that's also Ennis like told him, right? Well, that's what I love is that as she's telling that story, we silently see him getting beat in the face with a tire iron and mm-hmm. I I that's to me that's obviously what really happened. He was beat for being he got found out and super whatever right wing red wing state and they fucking murdered him and beat him to death because he was gay i do not know how i missed that visual like i remember hearing this entire conversation but i think i may have just started looking off into the distance and just like kind of really taking in that conversation because i don't remember that visual and in my head this whole time because i remember seeing her being very upset and knowing and realizing yeah that ennis was someone that he was seeing yeah and like the hurt in her eyes, but also the go see his parents kind of thing. Well, and that's what like, I think that's and the reason she's crying is that she's still keeping up the lie because she knows that he yeah. didn't get hit by the tire rim popping off. But that's what she has to say because she can't say my husband was a gay man and got beat up and murdered for being gay because that's, dude, that's, that's still that's. More- that's still her status symbol, too. So, you know, she has to keep living the lie even after he's dead. And, and she's from a wealthy, a wealthy family that's yep. big in that industry in these towns. Man, dude. And that's that why was I, just yeah. in my head. That was just a thought that I had. And I'm like, man, 
that that's well nasty. But like knowing that it was actually on there, and somehow like I was too in my own head to even see it, and it was very wow, dude. That makes you it do, even harder. Yeah, if you do watch it again, I'm interested to see if you ever. It's wild because it, it it I can see how you missed it too because it's just like a couple of quick cut flashes. They don't really linger on it and like i said there's no audio over it It, and that's what i think makes it to me more impactful because you're watching and you're hearing her talk and you're seeing this and it's just it's fucked up man and uh dude that like my heart is breaking right now like just thinking about that instead of like in my head it was like a you know what if this was actually what happened and you saying like that is actually like confirming that Uh and somehow i missed that is breaking my heart just thinking about that and makes the ending of that movie even more impactful than i thought it was ending is one of the uh man i don't know dude this movie is fucking crazy good <laughs> if you have never seen Brokeback Mountain, you are doing yourself a major disservice. It should have won the Oscar that year. A lot of controversy there. People think that it didn't because of the subject matter, and they went with Crash, a terrible movie. Crash is not good. No, it's not Oscar worthy. It's not better than this movie. Fucking no. tell you that right now. No, actually, I haven't seen Crash in a very long time. It's not good. I remember <laughs> not liking Crash. Yeah. Not fucking best Man. picture good, dude. I'll tell you. I had Sandra Bullock in it, right? I don't even remember. I haven't seen it forever either. Yeah. I don't know. I am upset that I put off seeing this for so long. I think in my head it just became um, almost like me more. It was almost like the Some uh, of it did. You know, my refusal to see Back to the Future for so long. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. once you hit a certain point, it's like, what's the point in watching this now? Well, even and ju- I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I'll say, watch it now. <laughs> yeah, you should still watch it. Yeah. Uh, wow. Jake Gyllenhaal even talks about like some of the things. Like the most famous line in this movie was memed to Helen Beck, which is the "I wish I knew how to quit you." Yeah, which that's, is, I've heard that a bajillion times. But man, it's still. Fucking, I said it a hundred. It hits really hard in this. Like, and I. I can see why it was memed. People still will make jokes about it, but that performance is fantastic. And like, uh, I think uh, Jake was even talking about how like he remembers coming down from shooting that scene and seeing like the crew was like, some of them were crying and he was like, holy shit, that was something right there. I think like I read two, like two or three members of the crew like came out while they were shooting this movie because it was so impactful. That's and amazing. they like they gave them the courage to come out, and it's like fuck yeah, man. You know, as somebody who has only heard that like said in meme format or whatever two thousand five memes were, you know, it was the thing to say, <laughs> yeah, right. And for only hearing that and having no context, so like this whole time, I just thought it was like a story about two gay cowboys out on a mountain. You know, or on a on a prairie, whatever, and it's some love story. Little do I know, like it's only that for like twenty minutes of the movie, uh-huh. right? And then turns into the story where they have to go back to their lives, to their women, yeah. to these lies, right? And so you don't even get to that line until like the very end of the movie, right before Jack dies. Yeah, they're in like their forties or something. Like, yeah, there's you know, a twenty plus year gap. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. Fucking insane, dude. Like, yeah. oh, I'm so glad I watched this movie. That's awesome, man. I'm so glad too, because uh I I'm I'm really I'm really happy, man. It is like I said, it, it's in my tops. I've always really enjoyed this movie. I'm glad that I saw it out of spite at first. And uh yeah. cause man, it I don't know. It's crazy. And I, I hate so many things that are in this movie. Um just because. Uh but yeah, there the crazy part when what always sticks with me is how much and how good of a job it does at showing like this doesn't just affect these two people like this ripples out and affects everyone in their lives in some way or another and i think that it's not just about like homosexuality and that like all of us have that power and capability like all of our choices affect the people around us yeah, there's a lot of, um, you know, it's not even just homosexuality, but it's the overarching, you know, taking the leap for love yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. which can apply to anything. And at the end of the movie, you see that, you know, his daughter Alma Jr., which, you know, from his marriage, you know, they had two girls. Um, she's got to be like 20 at this point, and she's about to get married. She's known him for like a month and he starts to argue and then realizes like, this is the leap he never took, Uh you know? And they talk about that in their last meeting and they talk about his parents talk to talk to Ennis about it. And like this whole ideal of, you know, bringing this guy back and fixing this up and making it happen. But like everything else in his life, he just never committed. Yeah. So Yeah. It's tragic. Yeah. It's crazy. And it uh, really rippled into, yeah. you know, their own relationships. Man, this movie's great. I'm shutting up. <laughs> it's I love too when uh when he goes to to Jack's childhood home and like meets his parents and they let him take the stuff, but I love there's like a subtle little thing in there when like uh you know, he's never been here, but he goes to the window and he sees a stick, and he knows to use that stick to prop the window up. Because, you know, at some point, Jack told him a story about how he used to have to prop the window open to keep it cool when he was a kid. And I just love yeah. that. Because he almost, like, you see him kind of give a smirk when he does it. And he's like, hmm. I just, I, subtle, beautiful little character building from Heath Ledger that, ah, again, just sucks me in. There's that, and... um I, I didn't, you know, fresh off of that and me not know exactly what happened, right? Uh, I had that bug in my head that something might happen to him, right? And you see, you see Jack's dad, like, just not super thrilled about this whole situation. Like, he's torn, you know? Mm-hmm. He's lost his son, and here's this guy on his doorstep, and he knows, right? And you juxtapose over that, you have his mom who's a little apprehensive at first, but then by the end, she's like, please come back and visit us. Yeah. You know, it's just like... And she gives him the bag f- to put the clothes in, right? Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful little touch, man. Oh, man. I'm going to sob myself. To I know. It's head. a heavy flick, dude. I'm sorry for doing that. I felt Jesus. bad when I was watching it, and I was like, man, this is a heavy one. But at, like, at the core, I still think overall, it's a beautiful movie, man. It's... Absolutely. I'm yeah. not... Yeah. And... 
usually we watch something heavy and I'm like, man, that was not for me. <laughs> right. And this is, I think, yeah. one of those rare occasions where we get into something like this where it really connects and is just a wonderful story. I don't remember who was on the show with us once, but we were talking about that. Like, what is the perfect Sean movie? And man, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Because it's all over the place. I'm kind of the same way. Like, I never know what's going to hit me at what point. I know what genres I generally enjoy, but I like a good out-of-left-field movie. I feel like this is one. Also, who would have thought that, like, somehow a Chinese director could capture the romance between two gay cowboys in 1960s Montana? I don't understand how he did it, but Ang Lee fucking did, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Know what this uh, feels like is it feels like a more serious, like, Taika Watiti movie. To a degree, for sure, yeah. There's a lot of heart yeah. in it, but uh, Taika's... And I love yeah. all of his stuff. Oh, like, of course. That's kind of like... If you were to compare a f- movie in the future to like something like this or like a Taika movie or really generally a, an Ang Lee movie for the most part, I think I'm on board. Ang Lee has a four hour movie all about fucking. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I am. I it's, take back the last like 17 seconds of everything that I said. I don't know if it's NC-17 or not. And it's all Ugh. Chinese based too. It's. It's two Chinese people, but they bang a lot. Okay, so that's another thing that I was thinking through the first half of this movie was like, God damn, that is a lot of fucking. A lot of fucking all over the place. And it's a, a very, lot of movies. It, yeah, it's very graphic. <laughs> it catches your attention Super the graphic. first. Yeah. Uh, and that's also something that I'm typically not into, like yeah. in my movies. And I, I, I think it's also what... I don't even think it's that, to a degree, gratuitous. It doesn't really linger it long. I think it's just such a scene that you're so not used to seeing that it really kind of shocks you. And you're like, holy fuck, those two guys banging in a tent. What the fuck? Well, it's like between that and then within 10 minutes, they're back at home, like having sex with their significant others and stuff like that. It's just very... And Hathaway pops her boobs out in the back of a Thunderbird. Yes, she does. (laughs) With the quickness. Yeah. Father expects me home by midnight. Pop! We're like, okay, Anne Hathaway's taking her boobs out in this flick. All right. I, like I said, I had no idea she was in this movie, yet alone busting out the tatas. 2005 me was very into that scene. (laughs) I'm sure it's like in Forrest Gump, where there was like that one scene where like Jenny just... Yeah, I don't think you can see her boob, but there's that scene, uh-huh. you know, when she's about the blank forest. Yeah. Everybody paused there, man. <laughs> that was VHS, dog. Oh, they got torn up. Um, yeah. It's like, oh, it's so weird. Why is it every time we get to Forrest Gump, it like, it gets a little staticky real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, mom. Well, uh, does it? That's weird, huh? That's the craziest thing. Wow. We must have gotten a bad film, Mom. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we should just get another one. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want to put it underneath your bed with the other movies, Mom? You pervert? <laughs> Speaking of perverts, no. Uh, 
I don't know. Like I said, the, this movie movie is gorgeous. The the cinematography is top notch. It's got these beautiful deep dark blues because there's all these like early yeah. morning shots because again they're cowboys. Like uh, tons of funny dialogue when it's there. Like uh, I love the whole sub story about them hating beans because uh, they get mm-hmm. tired of beans because all they eat is fucking beans. I like the guy who uh, is like, don't order any soup. He's like, I hate soup. Less than five minutes later, I'm sick of beans. Give me soup. <laughs> he's like, and I know he's like, it's too early in the summer to be sick of beans, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> he's like, yeah, everybody gets here, but you're getting here a little too early. But yeah, they, they go nuts. Uh, they take down the caribou or the elk. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was a beautiful shot. That was oh. I, I, I love weak in the knees. I love it because it, I get it. It's another beautiful callback because Innocent slaps him. He's like, I was tired of your dumbass missing. Yeah, and we saw like what two shots of him completely missing something. Yeah, I can't shoot for shit. So, man, yeah, dude, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like the music, you mentioned the somber music, the incredible acting, the visuals, the yeah. humor, the visuals are you know, the rich blues on, you know, sometimes barren browns and vibrant greens of the forest. You know, it's very beautiful. Sweeping vistas, vistas. Uh, Would you believe that, like, there was a lot of CG in this movie and a lot of it, shockingly, Sean, a lot of the shots of the sheep herd were CG, dog. Really? Uh Uh-huh. They're so good. Have, that uh, was incredible CG. I even know it, like, watching the movie, what parts are, and you still can't fucking tell. It's so good. I think it was done I... by Weta, who did the Lord of the Rings stuff, and they used uh, this f- similar technology that they developed for Lord of the Rings, those crazy battles where they had to have tons of people marching. They had, like, this rudimentary AI where it would, like, it would make its own pathfinding. And so they use that for wow. these sheep. And you, so you see them like naturally going around the stuff in the environment. It's a beautiful touch. They used it for that a That's... lot. And then for changing like the skybox. You could have told me that about the sheep prior to watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, I would not have been able to tell. No. Nope. Like I was looking. It's not like I was studying the sheep, but I was like looking at all the sheep. And I'm like, oh, man. It looks like that one's dropping a deuce in this one and that one, right? <laughs> there There's is a sheep dropping a deuce. definitely a scene where a sheep's just dropping a yeah. deuce. So, and I, I should mention, like, not every... There are real sheep. In a, I think they had 700, but the script and everything called for, like, 1,500. So they essentially doubled them digitally. What the fuck? So, like, for most of the close-up shots, those are real sheep. But, for like, when they do big pullbacks of, like, the whole herd moving up the mountain... Almost all yeah, that's Yeah, I'm talking about CG. the one where, like, the dog was, like, wrangling them up. I think that was real. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, they said that was very difficult. The sheep were the worst working partners they had on the set. <laughs> they were worse than Randy Quaid. Ah. What the hell? I love Randy Quaid just subtly. He's like, well, you boys found a way to entertain yourselves up there, didn't you? Yeah. Just letting him know should've that he been, knows. Uh, should have been watching my sheep rather than planting the rose. Or yeah. Whatever the hell he said. Yeah. I, I, I you, thought... God damn it. They didn't lose too many of his sheep. He lost enough that he was pretty upset. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Dude, this was a great movie. Um, Very solid recommendation. I don't remember who brought it up. 
I think but, it was uh, me because I wanted to do it. Nice. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. Uh, this nice. is also a movie that's very hit or miss. You either like it or you don't. Because I think famously Ryan didn't like it, or maybe it's Dave. One person I know. I'm really surprised that one of them. Yeah. It has the possibility of not liking. I could movie. be wrong about both of them. And now I've sullied both of their good names, but have at them. That would really surprise me. Yeah. But if it was going to be either one of them, it'd be Micah. I got to say, too, for the uh, the last <laughs> shot of this movie is my favorite. I just want to get that out there. When he opens the closet door as his daughter's leaving and he's got mm-hmm. the jacket and the shirt hung up there. And he. Yeah. He, he like. ah, Beautiful. So good, man. Yeah. Like I said, so good. beautiful love story. One of the most beautiful I've ever seen. I don't think people get that. And I think people that make fun of this and haven't seen it. Uh, you're, they you're, make fun of this because they haven't seen this. For, pri- precisely. And that's what I, I'm trying to get at. Like, I think you should watch this movie and you'll, you'll, there's so much beauty in it, man. God damn it. Yeah. Maybe it'll make Absolutely. you understand people more too. Hopefully. It yeah. Man, I, there's nothing much more. There's nothing more that I can say about this movie. I can't either. Although I am really, really happy that you enjoyed it, Sean. Thanks, man. Right. I, you know, I knew I was going to. It's, I think, one of those. It's been in my head for 18 years, and it's yeah. like I had no idea what I was about to watch. And uh, I'm glad I went in cold. You know, but yeah, if you, if you hear anybody like talk smack about this movie which i don't know who's gonna in 2023 but they just clearly haven't seen the movie yeah and if you do hear him talk smack feel free to beat him in the face with a tire iron Mm. (laughs) nope (laughs) he didn't do it you heard it here guys yeah first degree first degree uh i didn't do it yeah i I have pre whatever we said earlier premeditated (laughs) premeditated uh alibi it wasn't me. Premeditated, didn't do it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shani, you want to give a you want to give a rev- like a, a rating? I kind of have mine, but I might steal yours if I do it. Uh, no, you go because so I, I got to think of one. So I have a secondary one. All right, I'll take. I'll leave the easy one for you. I'm not doing cheap. Okay, well that's what I was gonna do too, but I have a different one that I'm gonna do. Okay. All right, Shani, say yeah. you. And your buddy, not implying yeah. anything oh, else I other mean... than that, but you and your buddy are on a multi-weeks-long camping trip, and you have to take one to fifty cans of beans on this. Okay, I thought you were going to somehow take the one that I just thought. Of. Okay, I'm glad I didn't then. You uh, didn't. <laughs> so, uh, on a scale of one to fifty, with fifty being the best, how many cans of beans are you taking on this? camping trip i feel man i don't even know like hmm i famously on this show i say famously as if like anybody knows about this but i always say <laughs> my rating is based on my enjoyment of the movie at the at, time during the time yep. of, of viewing and that is a famous necessarily, show and not necessarily you know how I how I would rate the movie. Like I would, I don't know if I was just rating the movie in general. I don't know where I'd even knock off points. Like yeah. how I could knock off points. Mm-hmm. Like it's an incredible movie that really I don't think has much 
negative things to attribute to it. Um, my enjoyment at the time of this movie in terms of one to f- zero to 50 cans of beans is I'll give it, okay, this movie's going to get an unfair treatment. I haven't seen the sun in like a week and a half, <laughs> okay, because it's been rainy, stormy, absolutely awful, overcast. The only two and a half hours of this entire <laughs> week and a half span that the sun was out yeah. was during my time watching, watching this movie. movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's currently raining again. Oh. Um, so I have to take away points there. I'm going to give this 45 out of 50 cans. All right. It's a pretty solid score, man. About the sun. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, this is an amazing movie. Bring out so the good. sun, pretty baby. And I hate you because I said... Fuck the Beatles. <laughs> All right, 45 out of 50. Pretty solid fucking score. I'll take it. Kyle, I got a rating for you. All right, buddy. I got very upset because uh, for a moment, it was like a split second. I, I saw the uh, the wrath of God in my <gasps> eyes, if you will. But, Kyle, you have a, a buddy who's this just assumes a friend at this point and you are about to go on a week-long fishing trip sure okay now your wife expects you to be bringing back your wife and kids expect you to be bringing back some number of fish sure okay sure kyle on a scale of one to twenty hypothetical fish that you caught that somehow got away Okay. So you came back empty-handed. Yeah. How many fish would you say that you caught? How many fish would you tell your wife and kids that, oh, man, I, you know, it was on the line. I caught it, but oh, it just got away or it wasn't big enough. You come home empty-handed, but how many do you say you snagged? Hmm. I mean – as soon as you, I, I don't know why I'm pretending like I'm thinking. I knew the answer as soon as you gave me the scale. Uh, <laughs> Dude, it does look like you're yeah, deep in thought yeah. trying to analyze how many fish you'd be catching. No, instantly, 19. 19 fish got away. Uh, Top tier movie, this movie. For me, anyways. I don't know why. Uh, It's always resonated with me. Maybe that says something about me that I don't know yet. I don't think so. I think this is just a beautiful movie. And I yeah. fucking love it. And I want more people to see it. Uh, I think we're pretty open folks. I we think, are. Uh, I think if yeah. nothing else for the sheer performance of Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal, absolutely fucking crushing every single instance of this movie. Mm-hmm. Both powerhouses, both bringing it down. Uh, they treat this subject with such a seriousness and such like an openness that like, again, it's, it's not even awkward or weird. Like it just seems natural. Fantastic yeah. performances all around. So, hell yeah, man. I'm glad that uh, you you did enjoy it, man. So, I'm glad that we are at the point, I think, in 2023. I feel like if this movie came out right now, I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad, but also not glad at the same time, because I don't know how much recognition this movie would get if it came out right now. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think it would be... Um, I'm glad we're at a point where this wouldn't be like, oh, this is revolutionary, you know, so groundbreaking. You know, there's just more of a general sense of openness and acceptance for the most part, depending on where you live and your communities, as 
Woof. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. Woof, indeed. I can back you up there, my friend. Um, uh, you wanted to come back to Amazon Prime, dude? Did I? Oh, and, and, yeah. Uh, Our g- <laughs> do you like how I was very confused there? Boy, ADD yeah. affects Sorry, the memory was, people. I'm uh, surprised I remembered that. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm happy that you did because, uh, yeah, we talked last week about how it was pretty shitty that the birdcage had been pulled, I believe, off of Amazon Prime is where I rented it from. And uh, they make you rent it during the month of Pride. Brokeback Mountain, however, was free on Prime this month. But uh, our good buddy Phil, yeah. he just makes a good point of taking the birdcage off streaming and making it rental during Pride Month is a very good reminder that the vast majority of corporate allyship is loosely disguised capitalism designed to take advantage of shifting social norms to make money. And he's 100% right. He goes on to state, And we've seen a lot of recent examples that with enough pushback from angry bigots, these corporate quote-unquote, allies wilt under the pressure and don't stand behind any convictions they purportedly have. And that is the Looking absolute at you, truth. you, Target. Yeah. Fuck you, Target. Uh, fuck you, Bud Light. Stand by your fucking people. Shout out, big props to Garth Brooks. Just being a true G, yeah. as always, man. Garth Brooks always been Dude, down to is- clown. Just like Dolly Parton, always been down to clown. Two of the realest Gs of all time. I don't give a fuck. Take your stupid, shitty pop country. Garth Brooks blows all of them away anyways. You gonna fucking tell it's me Rodeo isn't a slapper? to watch the meltdown yeah, fuck on, those people. on Twitter yeah. about that. It's like, man. Puss baby bitches. Weird, man. Puss baby bitches. <laughs> but but Phil's comment yeah. feels about like the most experienced grind of any comments that could have been I love left it on that. our page. Yeah. Talking about companies like that, and it's all thinly veiled. Fuck the companies, man. It's like Phil is a journalist and a writer because he can eloquently put the thoughts in my head down to pen and paper or keyboard, whereas I can't say any of that without throwing in like four and a half fucks and rambling around the point for (laughs) 10 minutes and then forgetting what point I was trying to make. Uh, So thank you, you, Phil. (laughs) It sounded so beautiful and you look down, you know, you got a pen in your hand, you look at the paper and it just says... Fuck Target, bad people. (laughs) That's essentially what it is. Ah, oh man, I don't have a send off for this, dude. I, I don't either. Actually, I do. Okay, well, Shawnee boy, take us out. All right, guys. I'm gonna need everybody listening to go love themselves. themselves.